You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey everybody, it's Dan, not Dave, for this episode. Our guest for today's masterclass is Val Geisler. You might have heard of her episode back in January with Dave, but she is the quote-unquote queen of email teardowns. So we had her on to tear down some welcome emails. We had a ton of submissions from a wide range of different e-commerce brands, so the, the discussion was really good, and we had a lot of fun talking through some of the improvements. And as always, Val had amazing advice. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. Before we get to that, I wanted to point out one more thing. We just relaunched our page for this podcast on Privy.com. So if you jump over to Privy.com and you see there's a Learn tab, under there you'll see Podcast. Go check out that page, and if you want an email every time we drop a new episode, we can do that. So you can go there, you can drop your email, and we will let you know when we drop a new episode. Highly recommend you check that out. Okay, great. Enjoy the episode with Val. Thank you, everyone, for chatting in, letting us know where you're joining from. Please continue to do so for people that are just joining now. We'd love to hear who's here, what you're hoping to get out of today's session. And if you submitted an email, let us know because we're going to be reviewing a whole bunch of them. And I know Val would love to be able to give you some direct feedback on these emails. Like I said, I am Dan from the marketing team, joined today by our host. Actually, I put it right here, Val. I didn't know this was on your Twitter. I mean, we've interacted on Twitter a lot, but your bio actually says queen of email teardowns, which is perfect because we're here to do a teardown with you today. So Val, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, absolutely. Like most royal designations, they are not something you choose, but it's a life that is chosen for you. So I did not call myself that, but plenty of people have. So here I am, tearing down more emails. And I've actually heard plenty of people call you that and talk about how good you are, not only at email teardowns, but obviously copywriting and writing welcome emails, which is the subject that we were on to cover today. So I thought, Val, just to get us going, we have a bunch of emails we can go through. I think we had like seven or eight that we talked about that we really wanted to dig into. And then there's a whole bunch more if we have extra time and, and anyone else that's joining that wants to still submit an email, send it over to masterclass at preview.com. If we don't get to it today, maybe we'll find some time to do it sometime soon or we'll respond directly to you. But before we even get going, Val, can we start with, we're talking about welcome emails today. Can you yeah. give us lay of the land? What is a good welcome email? What does that look like? Yeah. So welcome emails are super important in any business and especially in a DTC business, an e-commerce business. And the reason is, aside from your product itself, it's the, the introduction to your relationship with a customer. So there's kind of two different welcome emails, right? There's the welcome email that is, hey, you joined our email list. Here's your coupon code or, or whatever, which we can talk about that. And we will. But <laughs> there's that welcome email, but then there's the post-purchase flow welcome email and that experience, understanding where your customers come from, what they're about to go through, especially in a world that we live in now where shipping times take longer and Mm -hmm. warehouses are understaffed for good reason. 
there's a longer delay between a purchase and the actual product arriving. So welcome emails in the case of post-purchase flows are incredibly important to reminding them that they made a good choice, telling them that they are in the right place, they've used their money wisely, and that they are more to you than just a credit card number. That's especially important after they've made a purchase. In the case of pre-purchase, there's a welcome email that is, this is the height of their interest in your brand to this point. Before they've made a purchase, they are entering their email address into a box. Maybe it's to get a discount. Maybe they think they're going to get a discount even if you haven't promised it. Maybe there's something else they're interested in, but it is right now the height of their interest. They are letting you inside of their virtual living room. And that's the way I like to think about it in boxes. It's a very personal space that I don't know about you, Dan, but I don't let just anyone into my actual inbox. I have one where I collect emails for my hobby but uh, and my work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like my my actual email, I don't want just anybody in there. So when I do sign up for an, a list, I have to truly care about it. Yeah, And so that's why welcome emails are so important. It's a first impression before a purchase. And it's also a first impression of what kind of brand you're going to be after someone mm-hmm. has given you their money. And Val, because that's a really good point. Like, do you have an example of an email list or a brand maybe that you're signed up for that you're receiving emails for? Maybe you could talk us through a little bit like why you want their emails and why they, they got access to your inbox. Yeah, a couple of them. And so like a lot of people in quarantine times, I am kind of doubling down on my home gym and fitness and making sure that that happens in my day since I don't have a lot of other outlets. So there are a couple of brands that I've always been interested in and have finally taken the leap with. And that is Hydrant, which is a hydration drink of sorts. It's kind of like a little packet that you put in your water and it rehydrates you, electrolytes and all those things that you need. They did a beautiful job post-purchase. So my entire experience with them was I went direct to purchase. I never joined their list first. And the experience has been so wonderful. There's education prior to receiving the product. And then even after the product has arrived, I have it. I have a 30-day supply and I'm not yet on a subscription, but so they're continuing to engage me. And they're not just saying like, hey, join our subscription, but they're saying, here's information that you are going to need and want. We're going to teach you about what it means to be hydrated, what it means to live a life where you're not dehydrated. So it's not just about, hey, let's keep you hydrated, but it's also about the life that you're going to live Mm -hmm. when you aren't feeling dehydrated all the time, what's possible for you. I think that that's really important to talk about is like, what is possible for the life on the other side of what our product is doing for you? Mm -hmm. They can talk all day about their product and it's not going to mean anything to me. But if they talk about the way that their product is going to change my life in other areas, aside mm-hmm. from what it's doing physically inside of my body, that's huge. And there's another one, Propello. It's a post-workout. Well, I use their post-workout shakes, protein shakes. And they send a lot of recipes. So they send like, hey, here's how you can throw some of this into a carrot cake. Here's a smoothie recipe. To, instead of just having it mixed with milk, you can do other things with it. So it's adding value and it's providing ways for the product to be useful 
outside of what it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. One question that just came in from Shannon is for that, I think you were talking about hydrant first, Shannon from Orange County. She wants to know how frequently are you getting those emails, those emails that you like from Hydrant? Hmm. So Hydrant actually has sent me an email every two days. And that's their, it looks like a mix between post-purchase and promotional. Okay. And the important thing to know is that I haven't really noticed, like some people think that's a lot. People are afraid of emailing their customers too often. And they don't realize that there are more things happening in your customer's life than your emails. And so I've gotten emails from Hydrant every two days and I didn't even know that until I just searched Hydrant. Yeah, in my that's such, I was just going to say the exact same thing. That's amazing. You were thinking it's like once or twice a week, which would even feel a little bit frequently like, oh man, it's, it's every other day that I'm getting an email. Right. It feels like yeah. that when you're planning out your flows. Yeah. yeah. I got so many emails between those emails. I didn't even realize. And yeah. also what's a day anymore. So take advantage of it. <laughs> Totally. All right. So the way I have this set up, Val, is I have on this, whatever everyone can see this deck right now. I, I took all the emails that we talked about and I put them on here, but I also opened up each one in a different tab so we can look a little bit closer. When we were talking about this, Val, you said sometimes you want to look at like the mobile version of it sometimes. So we can play around with some of them are images. Some of them, I got the original email. We'll play around with them, but let's get cranking on some teardowns, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So the first one here is from Hagen Ski Mountaineering, which is pretty awesome. Pretty cool thing. Let me open Mm -hmm. up the original. In fact, what we got here is two different welcome emails forwarded to us. This is from Michael. Michael, if you're here, shout out to you. Thank you for submitting these. I'll open this up. Val, if you can see this, where do you even start looking at an email like this? What do you look for first? So the first thing I look at is the from name and the subject line. Because that's the first thing that your customers are looking at. So always, always from name, until you have an established relationship with a customer, it needs a person's name and the company name. So Michael at Hagen Mountaineering or Michael at Hagen even. You can keep it brief if you want to, if that makes sense for your audience to understand your brand and makes sense for your brand if you refer to your brand as a shorter version of the longer name. But Michael Hagen in my inbox, I don't know who you are. Not yet, right? So until I know who this person is after establishing a relationship through a proper welcome series, then you can be Michael Hagen in my inbox. And I love seeing different names showing up too. So Michael's a great person to add in. I like seeing different names in a welcome sequence. So, you know, Nate at Hagen. And so I know his name is Michael Hagen, but having the at Hagen, I think is really important to establish the brand awareness. So the first tip you have, Val, would be to change the sender name. I think it's usually called sender name in most email tools to this example be Michael from Hagen, right? Yes. Yes. Michael at Hagen from Hagen. Anything to distinguish that this is the brand name, not a last name, even if it is in this case, a last name. We've been doing that at Privy. We send a lot of emails, Dan from Privy, Lauren from Privy, Dave from Privy. And we still do it just so people know like, hey, this is Privy. This is, you know, the company you're using or for our customers or people that sign up for Masterclass, whatever. They know, you know, what brand is sending them that email. They can easily identify it, right? Whether they want those emails or not, they know who it's coming from. 
Yeah, you want to think about a conversation with a acquaintance, for example. So you're going to give that acquaintance a point of reference. If you are at a networking event, remember those, you would say, hey, I'm Dan from Privy. And then somebody goes, oh, right. If you're just like, hey, I'm Dan Murphy. Oh, of course, Dan Murphy. I should know you. Um, You know, it's you have to give people some kind of context. And that's true in their inbox, too. Okay. What do you think of the subject line in this one, Val? Yeah, subject line. So I think that subject lines are really, really important. So there's a, a copywriting mantra, I guess, about headlines are something that you should write 50 to 100 of before you actually post a headline. Mm-hmm. Subject lines are obviously different from headlines, but I think that they're incredibly important. They should never be a last second thought and they should always be compelling enough to want to open the email. So something like, Welcome to our brand or thanks for joining. Thanks for your purchase. Something Order like that. Order confirmation kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the entire message. As far as I know, without opening this email, that's the entire message right there. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Cool. Did it. I'm already on to the next thing. So but true. If you have something a little more compelling here, what is this email about? You know, this is this particular email is a personal message. Great. A subject line for this could be a personal message inside or a personal message for you, dot, dot, dot. If I had this subject line in my inbox, I had a bunch of emails going through anything like this, like confirmation or, you know, invite or thanks for joining. Like that would just be, okay, I'll look at that later. Like I, I did something. Mm-hmm. There's no need for me to go look at that right away. There's no urgency and there's probably nothing in there that's super valuable to me. So when I clean up my inbox, then I'll look at that email. That's exactly yes. how I do it too. It doesn't make me want to click it and, and, and read more. Exactly. So you want it to be compelling. The subject line gets the reader to open the email. And the same for preview text. We want to think of it's going to be hard to see today with the way that we have these emails. But if you you have preview text available to you, you want to make use of it. Don't just have it be the default of whatever the first line of the email is, or even worse, the HTML on the your header image in that preview text. But the preview text should be continuing that enticement to open the email. And just to be clear with everyone, so the preview text you wouldn't see here because this is mm-hmm. after the email's opened. The preview text would appear right after the subject line in the email inbox. So you would see the subject line probably like in bold. And then after that is some words to get people to, you know, to, to read. It's basically like, I don't know, Val, it's kind of like your, your second attempt after the subject line to get them to, you know, like any good copy, the first line is to get them to read the next line, right? So the preview text is sort of like the next line you want to get them to read to get them to actually open up the email, right? Yes, yes. And here's, uh, here's something to know too uh, in regards to that preview text. If your, Im- if your emails are entirely images, so a lot of brands will go for an entirely image-based email, um, and that is because it rent, it shows up the best in every type of inbox. So no matter if somebody's using Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail or Outlook or whatever they're using, um, you're going to see the exact same email no matter what, if, if what you're sending is all entirely image. The problem with that is if you don't have alt text on that image, you see nothing in the email if no images are displayed. And the preview text defaults to the footer of your email. So the preview text will default to to manage your preferences. Click here. You can unsubscribe before they've even opened the email. Um, So it's just something to know about 
the preview text and the way it works with whatever you're using to send emails. Sometimes it's called, um, oh, now I can't, I lost the word. Um, but if you don't have, if preview text isn't something that your, your sender uses, you, they might call it something else. Yeah. Preheader, okay. that's the other one. All right, what else on this email, Val? What else cool. are you noticing? What else stands out to you? Yep, so I really love the kind of personalized uh, letter here. Um, it, it's such a great message that is lost in this kind of giant, bold, welcome period. Um, and then one thing I noticed, and the reason is because it doesn't, that all of a sudden feels like a corporate email. This doesn't feel like this is a letter from Michael. This should be a letter from Michael. Write this email like you're writing it to a, a friend, to someone, to your very first customer, for example. Like, how grateful are you for your very first customer for your brand? Um, write the email, add their name. Um, you know, using liquid text is so easy these days. Like, there's kind of no excuse not to. Um, and then the other thing I noticed here is the almost. Nope, uh, except for the sentence that says, talk to you soon, every single sentence starts with we. Mm. So it's really important when you're building a relationship with your brand or with your customers from brand to customers that you make it about your customer as much as possible. And I, I understand this can be read as, but it, it is about our customers. We will provide you with quality content. Mm -hmm. Great. Flip the script. You want quality content and we are your one-stop shop for that, right? So that reads differently to me as a customer than we will provide you with the content. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm glad you're providing me with content. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, a, it's a little difference that makes it feel um, this with saying we first um, feels very product centered, very brand centered. And mm -hmm. I want, your welcome emails to center your brand on your customers. Um, welcome emails are all about building relationships, and that's what we're doing here. So you want to center on your customers. Um, now, how do you what, how do you feel about the first? There, there's a lot of text here in one mm. paragraph. There's a lot of other brands of premium. Is one of them a lot of other you know email copywriters that try to break up long you know long sentences and into different paragraphs and kind of just a different style, right? Where, where it's more choppy and it's a little, like, what, what, did, what would you recommend for, for these brands? Should they put big paragraphs of text like this if, it, if it's one thought or should they break it up with multiple lines? Yeah, so multiple lines reads so much easier. For, mm -hmm. First of all, non-bolded text reads a lot easier. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, and so bolded text should, when you're writing longer emails, bolder, bolded text should be what you want them to read if they read nothing else in this email, right? So you could bold, we're glad you're here. And, um, and then you might bold, uh, you know, an, another word or uh, key line in your message. Um, but you don't want to have the whole thing in bold. Yeah. And bold and italics is really hard to read, especially if you're looking at on your phone. I mm -hmm. can't see the mobile view on this, but um, it's likely very difficult to read. The other mm -hmm. thing about mobile to, to know and, and the number of sentences in a paragraph is that on mobile, this potentially looks like a giant wall of text, even though it's five, six sentences. 
Um, so it's important to know that uh, that most of our customers are reading emails on their phones yeah. and um, and know what your emails look like on mobile and and try and break up text and um, point out you know you could say like the there's a list of the types of quality content um, you could do that as bullet points to break it up a yeah. little bit um, there's lots of ways that you can break this up but yeah I think it should be uh, smaller, quicker to read sentences. It keeps the eye moving. No, but we had a question about image to text ratios. Mm-hmm. Best practice for combining, you know, if you have images, you obviously want to say some stuff. Like what is your, how would you approach that in terms of how to, how many images versus how much text you should have in an email? Yeah. So uh, especially in these kinds of relationship building emails, more text is going to serve you better. Um, they, you know, we talked about those single image emails. Um, so there isn't a ratio of Im- image to text in those emails. And they do get delivered. There was a question about them going to spam or bouncing back. Um, those emails do get delivered, the single images. And I, there isn't really, there's no like magic number around uh, how not to get emails to land in spam or um, or bounce, but what you can know is that the more text you have to support your images, the better, and your text belongs in a text box, not in inside of the image itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't really, there, there's no like um, ideal ratio. I used to tell people that it's like 60% text, 40% images, um, but I don't know that that's actually true. It really depends on your product, your customers, um, your sending history, a lot of things go into whether or not your emails are going to go into spam. It's not Mm -hmm. just about the number of images that you have. Val, there was another question about um, mobile versus desktop. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, I I haven't looked at this data myself for anything I've done with email in a while, but do you have any data about the split between mobile and desktop? I mean, I imagine it's, I mean, I, I know it's a lot more mobile than it ever was, and that's only continuing to grow, but like, what's a, for, for something like a, a D2C brand or a small e-commerce brand, do you have a sense of what the split is between mobile and desktop viewers of those emails? Yeah, yeah the last stat I saw on that, and the, uh, most of the stats I get are from a brand called Litmus. They're kind of an yeah. authority in, in email land, um, and they do an annual uh, report where they pull email marketers around the world and kind of gather all that data. So what are, what are those email marketers seeing across different industries and segments? And then they compile it all. And the last I saw was 66% of uh, opens are on mobile. Yeah. Um, And so that was sometime last year. And the Mm -hmm. question here is, is um, more people using computers rather than mobile devices now and mentioned that the short term question, I think it's around, uh, you know, being oh, on the go more and, um, and, and at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, being at home does not mean you're on your computer more. I think more people are on their phones now than ever before. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, there's evidence in that, in the fact that Instagram lives are up more than ever. Um, mm. So they're, you know, they're seeing like there's a huge uptick in mobile. And I don't know that that's actually going to change all that much uh, whenever we have our new normal. True. Okay. Um, one thing I noticed and I'd love your take on here, Val, is the CTAs. Yeah. Um, can we talk about those? 
Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know what that button is going to take me to. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> that's that's so sort of my I'm thing, ass- right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to take me to the homepage. Um, I'm not really sure why I'm going to go there right now, uh, what it's going to do for me. I also don't yeah. know which one of these two things is a button. Um, I'm yeah. thinking because I know a little bit about email templates that the top one is a button and the bottom one is the bottom of a template. Um, but I am, I am an email marketer and most of your customers are not. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so like, I guess my overall feedback on this and hearing you now is like, this might feel like a missed opportunity, right? Because yeah. someone's engaged and they, and they, they want your content or they want to hear from you and they want to engage with your brand, but it's not super clear other than they're not going to spam you. And they're telling you that after you've already opted an email, it's not super clear what the brand, what Michael in this case wants the recipient to do. Right. Yes. It, it, and it's almost a waste of my time to read, uh, to open this email is, and, and I don't know that I'm going to open the next one that comes. Mm-hmm. Um, the point about, uh, talking about spam and, and, and all of that, like in the content of this email, I think it's important to, to think about how that feels as a customer. Um, it's kind of like, uh, if you give somebody your credit card to like pick up lunch and they're like, don't worry, I won't run under the mall with it. Um, and you're like, ha ha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, but you kind of wonder, <laughs> you yeah. want your card then, back then you're looking at your phone waiting for the alert, you know, that's, it's been used somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, you know, kind of bringing up like the, the malicious side of email isn't necessarily doing you any benefits. We want to make sure that, um, they, they're there for what they came for. And now they're, now they're kind of wondering, am I in a safe place? Even though you told me I am, oh, where, where else am I not safe, right? So um, you just want to make sure that you're staying on topic with your brand and, um, and how you're going to serve them and build that relationship with a, a clear call to action or in this case, no call to action is just fine um, because this would, is a personal letter. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to ask you, Val. I was like, what would you recommend maybe not just for Michael, but like what is a very common or what is the best call to action to put into a welcome? Is it, is it no call to action? Is it just to sort of make, uh, to, to build a connection or, or are there good calls to action to include in a welcome? Yeah, that's actually one of the questions from Shannon about um, would an offer make this more compelling to read? Yeah. Uh, and that is the where you get the uh, standard email answer of, I don't know, test it. Um, because I think if you test this with your audience, uh, a no call to action versus a, uh, you know, quick act fast, uh, here's a, a 50% off coupon or a 20% off coupon, whatever it is, whatever your mm-hmm. offer is, um, test it, uh, do a split test, run it for three weeks, see which one gets the most engagement and then pick the winner. Um, even if it's the one that you don't like that one, because uh, that's always what happens to me, is it's always the one that I don't like uh, that wins and uh, or that I didn't expect to win. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to test it on your own audience. If you don't have an offer, that's okay. You don't need to have an offer in, to make a welcome email compelling. Building the relationship, I think um, one thing that's really beautiful to do is to, if, especially if you're a small brand with a founder connected to the brand, Record a quick video, like the founder saying, hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, you know, 
I want to link you to my personal favorite products. And maybe that's a call to action, but just watching the video, make the whole, you can write out the email, but then also use it as a script for a video and see what kind of engagement that gets. I love that idea. And that's how you, that's how you build content that is specifically for your customer because you know it actually matters to them. Yeah. Um, anything else on, on this email, Val, that you want to talk about? Um, the one that came up on all of these emails that uh, I will only say on this one, and I'm sorry, Michael, you're first, so you're getting, <laughs> getting a lot. Um, but social links and emails, can we, can we stop? <laughs> Um, every, every email has social links and, um, and I just don't know why they're there unless there is a, a, a clear, compelling reason to have social links. Don't add them just because they're in your template, in your, in your MailChimp or your Klaviyo or whatever, or because mm-hmm. every other brand is doing it. It's a waste mm-hmm. of space. Um, look at how many people actually click on those before you decide, and like, if you have a Facebook group for your customers, or if you have a very active Twitter feed, great. Uh, if you want people to post on Instagram and you have a hashtag, great. Talk about that if you're going to share mm-hmm. your social links, but otherwise leave them out. That's such a good point. And I, I was literally just yesterday playing around okay. with my friend's uh, chocolate milk company. And we ha- I got to the social links and I'm like, do I, do I need this? Do I keep it? Um, thinking that it didn't seem like it was something that was going to get a lot of action. So that's, that's really good advice. Um, I, what I want to do for the next email, Val, I don't know if you're up for this, but I just asked um, some people to, if they still want to submit their emails. I want to make sure we're covering some of the, the emails. I'm not sure Michael was on. I haven't heard from him yeah. yet. Maybe he is there, but is it okay if I open up one that you haven't seen yet and we yeah, look at it together? It. Yeah. Cool. All right. So this one is from... I believe it's Sarah. Maybe it's Sarah. Um, someone chatted in earlier. Sorry, I'm trying to look to see who chatted in. Please let me know. Uh, chat in. Let me know if this is this is yours. Um, I love. It's me. Oh, yeah. All right. So it's Karina. Karina. Hi. How are you? Um, we're gonna look at your email right now. Um, Val is. I'm. I'm. I'm giving Val a moment to look at it and digest it as I just rant for a second here. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna let Val take over. Val, what do you think of this email? Let's start from the top. First of all, we have an emoji. We have a, a different subject line. We have a lot more visuals. This is probably a lot more modern looking. I mm-hmm. think an image, that's one thing to note. Um, I'll just check the responsiveness of it. Okay, so it does sort of respond, but it is one big image, just FYI. I see some it stuff about free image, yeah. shipping. I'm going to scroll down, give you a full view of it. Looks like it's a long email, bunch of stuff in it, lots of pictures. Um, okay, cool. Val, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Um, cool. So I, there was a question about it earlier. Um, why not just have the brand name in the subject line? Isn't the brand name enough? Why do you need a person? I think it's really important to have a person connected to a brand. Here's the thing. It's really easy to go give my money to any other brand as long as they have a similar product. It's very hard to walk away from people that I feel like I know. Um, and this email is actually, can you scroll? Um, yes. This email is actually, oh, Michael was here. Yay. Thanks, Michael. Um, uh, so this email is actually from Brie. And so Brie belongs in the from name too. Um, I love this letter. I love the use of bold text. It yeah. is the, if you only read these things, this is what you read. Um, it is really customer centered for too long. The message has been this, right? So this is all about the customer. 
and what they need. Um, It's, uh, I think that the one thing that I would change on this top part is the, uh, there's a tendency to make emails um, look like the website. So there's a banner and there's uh, the menu bar at the top. Um, I would get rid of that, especially in this case. Uh, And actually, before I get rid of it, I would look to see what kind of clicks you get on those uh, on those links because I don't know, especially if they just joined. I think that they're probably scrolling this email pretty pretty deeply. Um, I would look to see what kind of clicks you're getting and consider pulling those out. Um, and then scroll down to the next part. Okay, um, I like the welcome coupon code. Um, and it's probably something you promised on the opt-in. Um, so you definitely want to deliver on that. And I like that you put it below the letter. So it's like forcing them to scroll down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that right below it is something really compelling. Five things to know about EB. Oh, what do I need to know about this brand before I buy anything, before I, um, you know, or, or if I did, well, I, just, I wouldn't have just bought. So this would be like joining the email list. Um, so five things to know, uh, I need to know, you just told me I need to know these things. Great. I need to know them. Um, we are all, especially like listicles work for a reason, um, list based articles. So saying here's five things. Cool. Five seems digestible. Um, and they're really great things. (laughs) Our bras are designed by people with boobs. That's very (laughs) compelling. Um, you know, like we want, we want to know and, um, you know, this kind of re- relates back to Michael's email from Hagen. Um, I assume Michael started that business because he's a skier as well. And that's something that he needs to talk about. Um, yeah. This is a business founded by a skier for Such skiers, a good point. Right. Yep. So that's very compelling from a customer standpoint. Um, our products are for everybody and showing those different bodies. Per- this is a perfect use of text and image, even though this is an all one image email. If it were broken out, um, because the cool thing about this, the way it's laid out, if that text was separate from the images and your customer, this is the first email they're getting from you and they don't have displayed images clicked yet. So if they default their inbox to not display images, which a lot of customers do, um, they would still be able to read this email without the images. The other thing is there's an inclusivity promise here and uh, that it's for all bodies Uh, And something to really think about is the accessibility of your emails. If your email is all one image, people with vision problems cannot see uh, see the the email at all. They can't read any of these things, including that you are an inclusive brand, right? So um, the vision impaired um, community who also has boobs um, won't be able to read these emails. Um, so that's something to think about when you're thinking about your text and images. Uh, yeah, so I I love all of these points about like, yeah, the U.S. patent. I love knowing that you have a patent and you're not just like some chick in your, you know, sewing room turning out some bras that are going to poke me as soon as I buy them. Um, and that Evelyn and Bobby were real women. I always want to know that when brands are names, like are these actual people? Um, I think it's so cool. Oh, and that's really nice, the pictures, the pictures of them. 
And then you design with us. Oh, I can connect with the brand. That's amazing. Oh, and the emails actually connect at, which is great. Um, okay, and then scroll all the way down. Okay, and then this is the other thing I would check is what are the clicks like on, you've got a lot of call to actions in here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of buttons that we can take me all kinds of different places. What are these at the bottom, the get rewards money and uh, shop links? What kind of clicks are those? Um, if they're not highly engaged clicks, then take them out. Because um, there's already a ton of ways yeah. to get to those places. And would you say that for welcome emails, it's okay to have a lot of calls to action or should you limit it to a certain number? I think it, it depends. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in the case of like, here's five things to know about us and here, like here's a related call to action, read the inclusivity promise, all those things. I think it's, that's a compelling reason to have a lot of calls to action. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Grace, me too. Uh, Sarah asked, what would the recommendation be? Should we use text? Um, yeah, use text. I know that people like, like Sarah don't like having text and image because of all the differences in design across platforms. But that's why you, that's why really strong email developers exist in the world is to make those emails look really good for you across platforms or as best as they can because mm -hmm. um, there isn't, it, the other option is to create the like really compelling alt text of this image. Um, but you can't do as much with alt text as you can with, mm -hmm. with this image um, or a text-based email if they don't have HTML. So you could create a text only version of this email uh, that would go out depending on the platform you're using. You'd be able to send that along with this. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, this is really compelling. Sophia has a good question about one long welcome email versus a welcome series. Yeah, that's a good question. This is, this is a, a compelling case for a welcome series. And what I would actually do is put all of that into the welcome email um, and then take each of those points and create a welcome series that follows this, that dives deeper into each of those five things. Um, so because this is a welcome email. It is long. It's going to be skimmed. Um, yeah. People might not read those at all. Um, people might not even open this email. Um, because again, that welcome to EB, we're happy that you're here. It's kind of the whole message. Mm -hmm. um, so if I signed up for the coupon code and okay, here, uh, I got my welcome email. And now, you know, my kid just ran in the room or the doorbell rang or whatever happened in my life. Um, now I know I have the email, but I don't need to open it right now because there's nothing really showing me I need to right now. Um, so play around with the subject line on that to get it opened, um, but then also use the content to go through and create a welcome series that follows this email. All right, let's get to our next email. Uh, the next one I had here was yeah. Resolve CBD. Uh-huh. And this is just an image, so I can't, I don't, Unfortunately, this one, I don't think we have, yeah, it's a screenshot. So I don't think we have a subject line or from, so we'll have to just look at uh, All right. the actual body of email. Oh, Azura. Awesome. Glad you're here. Um, okay. So we oh, think you'll like it line. here. Subject line. Welcome to the club preview. We think you'll like it here. Cool. Cool. Um, 
Yeah. So knowing that's the subject line, I would take it out of the body of the email. And the, by the body, I mean the text on the image. Um, so this happens a lot in welcome emails. The subject line says welcome. And then the first line says welcome. And then uh, the, the next line of the email is like, we wanted to welcome you. And it's like, okay. It's like when you go to, when you actually go shopping and, um, and there's someone around the store, like every person you run into is like, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. Thanks. Um, yeah. So just look for those kind of repeating words over and over. Um, but this is another case. It looks like um, maybe that text is part of an image. Um, like this is all, the text is all on the image. So uh, if that's the case, then I would repeat what I said in, to EB. Um, but if it's not that this is, um, this is a case where the text on the image is the, what you promised them in when they signed up. So probably Mm -hmm. promised that they would get 10% sign up to get 10% off your first order. Um, and then if they don't have images displayed or if they are, they have impaired vision, they aren't going to be able to see this code. Um, mm-hmm. So you want to provide, and you want to provide that information in the actual text of the email. Um, also, even if they do have images displayed and their vision is pretty good, um, it still kind of is hidden. That like green on green or green on brown background, it's just hard to see. And I, at first glance, I don't even know where the code is. Um, so I'm. I, if that's what I was promised and I come to this email and I give it a scan, I don't see it stand out as much as I did on like EB where it was a standalone box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Uh, so there's that is make sure that the text on top of your images um, is either duplicated somewhere else or consider taking text off of images. Okay. To that point, um, this email on mobile, I can guarantee you all I will see is the logo and that top image. And I mm. won't read any, anything else in this email if I don't scroll. Um, so it's really important to think about how crucial is this image? This image is maybe that little droplet bottle is the product, um, but prob- I don't know. Um, like, what is this image doing for me as a customer? Um, if if it's not necessary, why is it there? That's my biggest question in email is what is this image doing and why is it here? Um, then the, the personal message is really good. And I would, um, I would encourage you to, uh, just like any other industry, there's heavy competition in CBD oils. And I would encourage you to get as personal as possible. Um, that whole like who started this brand why did they start it and uh, there's a mention of we're here to help people and their furry companions i don't know anything about resolve maybe there's a whole thing about um cbd for animals on the website or that could even be the entire brand uh positioning but mm-hmm. um maybe that's like why the founder started it it was because yeah. they were looking for a blend for their dog who was nervous all the time or something, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a personal story behind why most brands are started. And I think we need to use the welcome emails to, to tell that story and help people connect. 
Yeah, and I was going to say it's from from our experience at Privy, working with um, a variety of different customers, especially small businesses, when they tell their story, their founding story, why they started this company, what they do, um, their passion for it, those are the best per- converting emails, right? And those are especially like in instances of order follow up after someone has placed an order and purchased something from your brand, when you can go send an email and tell them, you know, that you're supporting their family, your, you know their mission, their life goal. Like those are the things that are the most compelling. Those are the things that get email replies. Those are things that drive people to come back later and purchase from you again. Yeah. And you know, the other thing to think about too, is like, what are your competitors? What are other people in your industry are already saying? Um, So I feel like when I look at CBD brands, I see high quality, full spectrum, organic, hemp based. Like I see those words showing up over and over again. So what if you kind of take that and say, like, we could tell you that we are all of these things, and we are, but what's more important to us is that we're helping you live a happier, fuller life, um, and here's why, right? So noticing those, those kind of, like, cliches that show up in your industry and just saying, yes. like, yeah, that, but we, uh, or and, if you're an improver, um, yes, and it, you know? And I love the way you said that, Val, because it's also one of the other most important things, which is the email better be about you, the recipient, not me, the seller, the person sending it, right? And so when you flip it that way, like maybe the, I don't know, perhaps the most compelling thing on here is, is learning about that, you know, this is like they help people within their companions, their pets live a fuller, happier life rooted in natural health and wellness. Like that's the part I think that most people want to kind of double click into and learn more about, right? So when you yeah. flip it, and then you, then you tell your story about what you do and your wellness. And then it checks these boxes of like these things that you know are important to purchase people that purchase your product. But I think starting with what they're there for you and making the email about you, the recipient, that's the, always the best way to get better engagement is making it about the recipient, not about the sender. Yeah. And especially if you can like take some of the, the brand stuff out of it, like Take yeah. the logo, take the logo off the top or drop it to the bottom of the email. Um, like that doesn't do anything for the recipient. It just, um, you know, reiterates your brand presence, which they will re- remember your brand, not because of your logo. Sorry to say to the people who spend lots of money on their logos, <laughs> they'll remember your brand because of the relationship they have with you and the experience that they have with yeah. you. Um, not because of your like $10,000 logo. Okay, now let's get to another one. Um, I really like this one, especially the visual here. This is, hold on, let me zoom out just a little bit. Um, Chuck Box Camp Kitchen. Yeah, I want one of these. This well, then I hope that working sounds like it's a good email. I want one. everything. <laughs> <laughs> cool, break this um, one down for us. Yeah, so cool. Um, this is another place where like we don't, do we need the logo? Do we need the um, kind of menu bar at the top? I would, I would venture to guess no, but let's try split testing it. It's also a pretty big image. Um, so the image is really compelling, but not that one. If you scroll to the bottom, that image is not what got me to say, I want one of these. That one is mm. um, like showing me what's inside that box uh, is incredibly compelling. So um, the, I wouldn't put the image at the top, but I think get rid of that top image um, or a test pulling it out and see what happens. Um, 
when I looked at this, I loved the um, the kind of playfulness of the the text here. It does have that, you know, the important things to read are bolded, um, and uh, that that you betcha. I have uh, I used to live in Wisconsin, and I have family in Minnesota, so I just love it. Um, <laughs> and and it's yeah, it's, it's up north is Minnesota for a weekend getaway. Like that's we're establishing who our brand is, who we're for, um, what we believe in by saying, this is, uh, this is a phrase we use. We're going to teach you about it, whether you're from Minnesota or not. Um, this is something you can understand about us and what it means to you. Um, we designed the Chuck Box Camp Kitchen to make heading up north easier. That's really, it, it's, it is compelling. It is a we statement. So you could flip it and say, like, heading up north needs to be easier. That's why we designed the Chuck Box Camp Kitchen, right? So it, you can take the statements that your customers are saying, like this is the problem they're facing. Um, and this is, it's not just about like, okay, I want to go up north, but what's the problem with it? It's that I have to pack every single time I want to go camping or I want to get out of town a little bit. Um, this is keep your cooking gear where you packed it amazing. Um, that's really, if someone is doing regular trips or wants to do regular trips, having it ready to go is a pretty compelling statement. So I love the letter format, but I would just think about um, what are the words that your customers are using and um, that get that true voice of customer about what, what the problems are that they face so that you can turn around and use those words. I mean, literally do customer interviews with people who interface with your brand and listen to them talk about the problems that they're facing that your brand can help solve. And then take that voice of customer, get a transcript of those recorded interviews and use those words in your emails. Um, I always joke that I'm not an email copywriter. I'm an email copy paster uh, because I literally, this is what I do. I take, I do interviews with customers and then I quite literally take emails, uh, take copies straight out of those transcripts and dump them into emails, whether it's subject lines or calls to action or body copy, it's all there. And it all comes directly out of the customer interviews. So really important to start with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I like this box because of, um, because of my personal interest, but I also like it because of the way that this email is presenting it. Someone asked about um, calls to action, and I think that this one is a really good one. Get your Chuck Box Camp Kitchen. Um, that makes it very clear what I'm going to be doing when I click through to that link. Um, it's very hard to click on a link when you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of it. So knowing where this is taking me um, is really great. The other thing, I, the only change I might make is um, I might say, I want my Chuck Box Camp Kitchen on that button. Instead of saying, get your, putting it in that first person and saying, I want my, or um, give me my Chuck Box Camp Kitchen, it just changes it for the customer. When you click on a button that says, I want that, or show it to me, or making it that like first person for them, it, it solidifies in them mentally and emotionally, this is for me. I just clicked on a thing that says, this is for me. It's a small psychological shift that I would love to see more brands use in their uh, calls to action. All right, Val, are you ready for our last email? 
Yes. Uh, Sarah right. Bell has been, she asked about uh, customer interviews. Uh, there's a uh, format called Jobs to be Done, and I will uh, share a link with you guys on how you can do jobs interviews. That would be awesome. Okay, so we just got flooded with emails. Um, yeah, of course. But I just selected one. So thank you everyone for sending those in. Um, that will definitely make for some awesome content. Thank you, Val, for offering to uh, work on something. So here is an email from Zero Waste Box, which just the name, by the way, caught my eye, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to open it. Um, and yeah. it looks like this is a welcome email for a newsletter. Yeah. Um, so there's that menu bar at the top. I would um, pull that out. This actually, this whole this is actually a pretty standard um, standard e-commerce email. This is what a lot of e-commerce emails look like. Is thank you for thank you for your purchase. Thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. And then mm -hmm. a um, a pretty website looking email. This is, uh, there's the menu at the top. We have the text next to the image. We have that, like that one, two, three. Um, that shows up a lot. I mean, I get a lot of emails, so I know the, the kind of the patterns. And whether you recognize it or not, as, and maybe this is a template in the sender uh, in the ESP, so that's why it, it shows up a lot. Um, but it does. And I think that that is, it, it, becomes, um, you know, if you look at the same thing all the time, it becomes white noise. And so I want, I would love to see them try something a little bit different with this. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, that 10% discount, I would almost see if it could drop down in it's, there's two calls to action on, on here for that 10% discount. It's not, I mean, 10% is it's something it's going to pay for the tax or maybe the shipping. Um, but it's not like a major discount that it needs to be front and center. I would drop it down lower in the email and, um, and like help them get started right away. This is mm -hmm. take the quiz, select your box, start recycling. Again, mm -hmm. you can do this entire email in a letter format. Um, mm -hmm. this could be, you know, um, it, you know, whoever this founder is, it could be them and talking about like why they created this. And I wanted to make it simple, like recycling uh, it can seem complicated or, um, or, you know, you don't know where to start. And so nobody does it. So I want to make this as simple as possible. I built you a quiz, go do that. It'll take you to steps two and three. And, mm -hmm. um, and then, oh, by the way, here's your 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about footer here? Any feedback on this? I think it's a waste of space. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is like, it's a template um, that is in Clavio or whatever they're using. Um, and it's it, the social links, like, why are they there? I mean, obviously you need the, uh, you need to include your mailing address and the unsubscribe. Like there are legal obligations in a footer, but that's a pretty big footer that is only enforcing the fact that this is a brand and I don't feel connected to it in any way. Um, it, I think a lot of small brands, I see a lot of small brands doing things that make them seem like they look like big brands. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that looking like a big brand is actually a good thing. Um, we're seeing big brands, especially now we're seeing big brands falling left and right and looking like a, a personal team and having a connection to your customers matters now more than ever. Um, I don't know that replicating what like Reebok is doing is necessarily a great move. Yeah. I think like it, this might be Sophia. I don't know if it is you Sophia in this, in this photo, but like there's a bunch of stock images down here, right? Like th- th- there's opportunities for you to show people on your team or, or real customers. You could ask your customers to send photos in and, and user generated content is hugely powerful, right? So th- those are really good tips about making it a little bit more engaging, a little bit more personal. And I also like that too, Val. It's like maybe don't try to go do what Reebok's doing or Nike or Rogue or whatever. Like do what actually, you know, would make sense for, you know, a small e-commerce business, how you'd want to communicate. Yes. Val, thank you very much for the time today. Thank you everybody for joining and all the questions and sending us all your emails. Hopefully it looks like based on the chats, this was very helpful, which is awesome. Um, And uh, Val, thank you very, very much for taking the time to, to work with us today. Yeah, absolutely. This is super fun. It's my favorite thing to do. Cool. You heard from her, the queen of email teardowns, Val. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks everybody. Thanks.